Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Loving Life Podcast, coming from a parent's perspective, where we take a look at the past, the present, and discuss what the future has in store for all of us. Welcome to the Loving Life Podcast. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's Charlie Weddle. I think this is episode 37 of season one. How many episodes will we have in season one? I don't know, maybe 50? Is that a, is that a good number? I, all I know is I like to do them and like to put them out there. But welcome to the Loving Life Podcast. Uh, this week, I am uh, missing my partner in crime, my wife, Sandra. She is out of town doing uh, some, um, I don't know, girl stuff at uh, in uh, San Diego with uh, Deepak Chopra, of all people. Go figure, right? Um, so anyways, today in the podcast, there's no shortage of things going on. We have a big concert here in the Valley called The Coolest Night Ever, and is featuring uh, Tony Lewis from The Outfield, Modern English, and Belinda Carlisle. And in this episode, I've got a couple interviews. We're going to talk to Tony Lewis from The Outfield, talk about his new album and uh, what he's been up to. And then we're going to chit-chat with Belinda Carlisle, you know, as the lead singer of The Go-Go's. She did a massive amount of solo work and uh, pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting uh, young lady right there. Uh, where does she live? Wow, you're going to find out where she lives. It's pretty cool. So uh, let's check in with Tony Lewis first. Tony, how are you? How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm a bit early, enough. Hey, that's okay. We turned the heat up because we knew you were coming. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to make it nice and especially warm for you. That's, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, 116. I've never... We've... Me and my wife never experienced heat like this before in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can get a little bit warm out there. But uh, hey, welcome to Phoenix, and we're uh, totally excited for the show. Yeah, looking forward to it. And we're going to have a little bit of a celebration because uh, Robbie Gray from Modern English is uh, celebrating his 61st birthday. Oh, I see. 61. Wow. Yeah, so tomorrow we're going to try to bring some cake, but don't tell him anything, okay? That's a lot of candles, isn't it? You might need the fire brigade. <laughs> <laughs> we can make that happen. So uh, it's it's been a while. You've been doing this music thing for so long. I can tell you, uh, I became a fan. I was in college at the time, and uh, you know, your love was pumping out of every college dormitory window, uh, walking around campus. And uh, here we are today. You're still performing. How does that feel? It's great. I mean, it's, it's the first time we've been out on, on tour for, for 14 years now. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, as you know, like, I lost John. Uh, four years ago. I know, so sad. And went on a sort of four-year hiatus, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did some backing tracks after. I mean, I didn't first after the first year. I didn't want to do anything at all, really. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. And then, then after a, a sort of another year passed, my wife said, "Why don't we? When you do what you do best, you know, get get into studios, start recording, and get out there and do what you do best, you know." So I did some backing tracks, and I really struggled with the with the lyrics, but she helped me out with the lyrics. And um, yeah, and here I am now. You know, it's just that you know, I've got a Randy. Uh, uh, manager who worked for Protocol Promotions emailed me and came over and said, uh, "Do you want to go meet up for a drink?" And I told him I got these songs, and 
he got us a, a, a indie record deal with uh, independent record deal with Anderson um, Records at Atlanta, in Atlanta, and uh, the rest is just history, you know. That's great, and you just uh, released a brand new album in June called Out of the Darkness, and the first single out there is called Into the Light. Uh, getting back in the studio, I mean, uh, that's kind of like riding a bike, huh? Yeah, I mean, th- th- this time around, it was quite an easy process to record. You know, just doing all instruments and and the you know the guitars and the bass and the drums and the keyboards and vocals, backing vocals and the production. Was just doing it myself, so with help of Carol's words and that, I was able to sort of do at least like one a week at my own leisure, and I didn't feel like pressure to finish it. It, it was virtually finished before I presented it to Randy. So um, yeah, it just needed uh, some of the some of the tracks being remixing because uh, Tanner, who's the uh, the owner of um, the record label, he's a drummer himself. He's drummed with Paul Rogers and, and Bad Company. That's pretty cool. So it'd be great if he could drum on some of the some of the tracks and he, he was happy to do that and uh, yeah, he mixed it at the studio and we're very, very pleased with it. It's probably a lot different now being in the studio because uh, you're not so, uh, well, I don't know, back in the day it was like, uh, all right, uh, big hit single, we need some more stuff and then uh, now it's just like, oh, well, you know, take your time, get her done. Yeah, because I remember that story Black Sabbath when the real company said, you haven't got a single here, you've got to write a single and they, and they wrote, they put a single together in about half an hour or something and it was called Paranoid. <laughs> I mean, it was some of the biggest hits are written so fast. It, it, it's funny because you all love was, was written in 20 minutes. Okay, so that's fast. You know, John wrote it in 20 minutes. Well, there you go. John worked really fast. Well, it's, it's, I think it's just because John was influenced by the, the cars and we were also influenced by the, the Beatles and the Who and the Stones and the Kinks and all the 60s and 70s bands up to the bands from the 80s, you know, Journey and Foreigner and uh, Mr. Mister, all those Springsteen, all those sort of great artists. You tend you sort of, to get influenced by all of them artists and it, it becomes your own style. So it was quite easy to sort of put a, a simple song together, but we, did, we just didn't realize how, how big it was going to get. And that was kind of a pop sound for back in the day when uh, everything was so much uh, punk and new wave and uh, it was bigger in the States here first than it was in England, right? Yeah, we had American management. It was totally focused on America. I wasn't really bothered about UK, which was not a bad situation to be in. I mean, after the first tour, we, we did do a few shows in Germany and, and, and Holland, but we, we, we never really had ventured outside the US, but the last sort of 10 years we've become popular in and more popular in South America and places like Trinidad as well and Panama and Peru Costa Rica in places they, they, they love the outfield Hey it's good to be loved all over the world a lot of bands have been uh, going outside of the United States to perform and a lot of bands that you used to perform with back in the day like uh, Journey and Night Ranger Starship they're still touring you're back out touring that's got to feel great Yeah it's weird because I remember we, we took we did 10 dates with um, Steve Perry's journey and, and that was quite an experience sure really was a great experience you know the big stages the sheds playing to like three and a half five thousand people in a night it was a, a great experience it's it's great that they're still doing it. I agree, and I'm glad that you're still doing it. Brand new album. Will you be doing any of the new stuff? Great, yeah. We'll be, be playing Into the Light, which is uh, yeah, the, the latest single. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing some more songs because we've I've only been doing about five songs, and at least we do a couple more. We've been only be doing like a 20 minute set because there's been like you know quite a few bands on the on the bill. Hey, tell you what, I'll give the sound guy 20 bucks, and we'll let you go longer. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, thanks so much for uh, spending some time with me today. Appreciate it. We're looking forward to the show and. Uh, uh, we will see you at the Van Buren. Looking forward to it, mate. Thanks, thanks, Charlie. You got it. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. That was Tony Lewis from The Outfield. It's going to be so fun to see him on stage doing uh, Your Love and all those songs that you grew up with. Say It Isn't So Since You've Been Gone. Man, it, I mean, wow. Everybody's going to be singing his songs. All right, so another performer who will be on stage at the coolest night ever is Belinda Carlisle. 
and uh, had a chance to talk with her. It's Belinda. Hello. Hello. Hi, Belinda. It's Charlie at Cool FM in Phoenix. Yeah, you're in Phoenix. How hot is it there? We're going to top out at about 115 today. Oh, my God. Well, we, we were 119 the other day in L.A., so. And that's not normal. No, it's not supposed to be like that. Well, I promise to keep the air conditioning on inside the Van Buren. How will the show run? I expect it'll go really smoothly and be a lot of fun for um, both the artists and, and and the audience because I like to call it the evening of instant gratification because it's all hits. There's hardly any filler. Love that. On the phone with Belinda Carlisle. Now, somebody asked me, I didn't want to assume, but you all do some go-go stuff? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good go-go songs, you can't not do them. Yeah. No, it's, it's you know, part of my, part of what who I am. So I always include a few go-go songs. Well, you're going to love the Van Buren right off the bat. Such an amazing place to play. It gets it's packed and everybody sings the songs. You're going to have a blast. Well, I would love that. I would love that. I hear it's a great place to play, so I'm excited. So stepping back just a little bit, and I'm not sure how true this is, but before the Go-Go's, you were a drummer. Well, I was the drummer that never played. I was in a, <laughs> I was in a punk band uh, called The Germs. Right. And yeah, I mean, I, I came down with mononucleosis and had to go back home to my mom and dad and recover. That doesn't sound like fun. And then I was in a, a backup singer in a punk band called Black Randy and the Metro Squad, uh-huh. and yeah, I mean, I you know, there's the punk scene in LA was like 50 kids, so everybody was in a band, <laughs> and everybody was a drummer. Not everybody. <laughs> Including myself, I wasn't a drummer either. So I was like the, the drummer that never played, exactly. Okay, fair enough. Not a drummer. That's all right. You're not breaking my heart. So you get with the Go-Go's, and then you're on tour with Madness. Tell me about that. Yeah, that was the beginning of really, um, you know, when uh, things starting starting to happen. We we opened for Madness in L.A. They asked us to come open for them in, in England, which we did. And um, we released from on a, on a British label, we got the beat to import and it made the Billboard dance chart. And that was the beginning of, um, you know, pretty much a full on sort of go-go. How was the, how was the reception for you guys in England when you were doing that initially? It was horrible. It was really really horrible. I don't know. I, you know, okay. These five, you know, middle-class girls from the States and, you know, and and the UK back in the late seventies, early eighties was hardcore politically and economically. And, and there was a lot of uh, racial tension. So, you know, their audience, the, the two-tone ska audience was a lot of skinheads. It was very political. Um, and then you'd have, you know, it was just you'd have a lot of trouble. And, you know, they saw five, you know, young girls coming on stage. And I don't know whether they liked us or hated us, but they'd spit on us. And that was <laughs> supposedly a um, sign that they liked you. And not only spit, but like really worked one up and spit. Wow. It was disgusting. Such a term of endearment. Yeah. It was so, I remember coming off the stage, all of us crying and Plus, we had no money, and we you know we were eating leftovers from you know the 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 band at the top of the barrel, the madness of the specials, and then you know we you know we, we couldn't afford beer, so we drink cough syrup. I mean, it was like you know. So if we you know, but I look back on those days, even like the tough days, like of getting spit on, is 
pretty magical and pretty amazing that we've come all this way. Well, yeah, you know, it's uh, one of those phrases that I always like to say is everything happens for a reason. It's like it's almost kind of like paying your dues so nice and early. And it's like, well, you remember, <laughs> remember those days? I know. I know people don't realize, I, I, you know, and in these days, music is a lot different. But back then you had to, you know, you were on the road constantly working it and working it and, you know, earning a reputation. It wasn't just like instant, you know. I'm on TV and then I'm a big star. But, you know, we, we really, I mean, the Googlers were on the road for a year and a half straight once. Right. I and mean, that's with no life. You right. Know? How do you feel today about music today? I was having a conversation with somebody. We we're talking about uh, how, you know, music today is so, everything's so digital and the charts, charts mean so much different information like back in the day was you know it was your spins it was what radio stations were playing you and then now it's like digital downloads and streams and i mean it's it's a different it's a different atmosphere today so anybody well, can have a show yeah and it, it's changing so fast and i know um i don't know i mean i know that streaming definitely affects sales i just had that experience where I had an album that, um, it was a chanting album that was like number one on, for, in world music and new age for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then I thought, oh, I must, you know, it, it, I must have made, you know, at least making the money back to pay for the album because I, I put it out independently. Sure. And I was shocked <laughs> about how little one sells these days and how, um, how, People stream everything. Right. And that definitely affects the artist. There's no question. I mean, it was shocking. Really, really, really shocking. I won't give you the numbers, but it was seriously shocking. So, you know, I mean, that's not good. I mean, there's, there should be something like those, you know, the, the different outlets like Spotify or Apple Music. I mean, come wow. on, guys. You know, it's not fair. You have yeah. to pay your artist, too. Absolutely. You know? I mean, is, is that part of the reason why so many of these bands and so many performers like yourself still get out on the road because that's where you're making your money? Well, I think that that definitely is yeah, for any artist. I mean, not just artists of like an older, you know, right. gener generation, but that's where the the income is. It's from um, doing shows and merchandise and all that stuff. It's not, and not so much record sales anymore. Right. Unless you're like Gaga or Beyonce or one sure. of those people. Like on that caliber, right. yes. Those people aren't of that caliber. Right. You'd be surprised. I mean, I, I understand that you do it because you love it. I mean, it's your job. It's what you've been doing for most of your life. But at some point in time, that job, that fun, that art, that creation that you do has to pay off for you. And, and it seems like you were just saying that nowadays it's like pennies on, on the dollar for anything. Pennies. Pennies. You know? Literally pennies. Yeah, I was, so, was going to yeah. say, it's like, what is it, like one or even one or two cents? I don't know what it is, but it's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> it's just shocking. I mean, it was laughable, but I mean, I wasn't expecting. I mean, what I was doing was pretty esoteric anyway, and it wasn't right. for everybody. But I mean, it, it is shocking. And I thought, wow, to be, to, to be an artist with high expectations and to, to expect to be making a living off of record sales. Right. I mean, that doesn't really happen so much anymore. I have to say that when you were starting your solo career, I was literally starting my radio career. In fact, I'd been in it for about a year in a little tiny town in Wisconsin called La Crosse is where I was. I started doing uh, radio. And so these songs and the ability to actually have a conversation with you. I met you a few years ago when you did a, show, a solo show out here at the uh, Wild Horse Pass. Um, but uh, 
to have this conversation after listening to you and i mean i still have the the mixtape that has turned to you on it from the go-go's and i'm like oh that's great now belinda's in you know in the start of my career and here here we are having this conversation but it's Uh you still on the road still doing your things now i have a question for you are you Mm -hmm. still doing go-go's gigs uh we just finished three nights at the hollywood ball we don't tour anymore right if something really special comes along we'll do it but i think you know Pretty much the, the 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 days of the band are, are pretty much over. I mean, play the, the opportunity to play with the Philharmonic like we just did last week was pretty special, a once in a lifetime right. um, event. So uh-huh. something like that will do. But everybody has their own lives. I mean, I live on the other side of the planet. Yeah, you know, Thailand, um, right? You know, I live I live in Thailand, so that's. That's like 18 hours to get to, you know, 21 hours to get to work. So I, you know, I don't know. I'm not, if something comes along, it's great. Maybe. Right. Yeah. I was there for the last uh, show down here at the uh, Comerica Theater when you guys played was, was going on almost two years ago now, right? Right. And uh, it was a great show. It's just great to watch you guys and, uh, and, and, to, and now to see that you're still continuing going out there and uh, getting the job done and making some money and doing your thing. I, it's just it's great. It's, it's really an honor to be, you know, able to uh, still have these conversations with folks that were so big back in the day and continue to be a part of that lifestyle because the audience they are super fans of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's a pleasure for us to be able to play. It's a blessing to be able to keep doing this. And, and um, I have a, an amazing back catalog to, to work from. And I'm really lucky in that way, too, which is the greatest songwriters in the world. So, right. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a really good evening for everybody. I think they'll like it. I'm excited about it. Any new projects that you're working on right now that we should know of, that we should keep in mind, be looking forward to coming down the pike? <laughs> no. Well, I, I'm working on an album. For, I don't know if it'll be out next year or the year after. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, doing that and... Um, you know, I'm on tour with Culture Club at the end of the year in the UK. But next year is the 30th anniversary of Runaway Horses, so I have a lot in Australia and Europe, and um, and then we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see where we're at. Right. Um, but I'm lucky that I can work as little or as much as I, I'd like to work. And and uh, last year was crazy, crazy, crazy. Right. And this year I put the brakes on it a little bit because it was too crazy last year. So right. I'm having a nice and you know a nice summer just doing exactly what I want to do at, the, at a good pace. That's good. And well, hey, you right. got you got you to stop and smell the roses sometimes and enjoy all the things that you worked for. You know exactly. Excellent. Well, Belinda, thanks for spending some time with us on the phone today. Certainly do appreciate it. Um, My pleasure. Look forward to seeing you, and uh, thank you again. Thank you so much. Have a great day. There you go, Belinda Carlisle. Uh, I I, I still get a little bit starstruck, and it's one of those things where, you know, uh, when I started in radio and I got to uh, play a lot of these songs, and I was in a small town in Wisconsin, and those artists never really came through and did shows or anything like that, so there really, really wasn't too much of an opportunity to do interviews, and now here I am. Well, 30 plus years later, they're still active, still doing their thing. So it's really super cool to uh, talk to them on the phone or meet them in person and just say thank you, which is uh, pretty awesome.
Hey, that's going to wrap it up for the uh, the Loving Life podcast for today. I'm Charlie Weddle. I want to thank Tony Lewis from the Outfield for being on the show. And, of course, Belinda Carlisle. And, uh, yeah, just a lot of fun. Remember, the Loving Life podcast comes out every week, typically on a Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. Going to have another podcast coming your way. We're going to spend some time with the Conti family and talk about the Purple Society and their event coming up this Saturday, which is called the Little Black Dress Party. Mmm. Sounds like it should be fun. Hey, remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. You can also do it on our Radio.com app. It's really super cool. Just go to the App Store, download the Radio.com app. It's on your phone. You can listen to a ton of amazing radio stations in our Intercom family. And you can also subscribe and listen to your favorite podcast, Wink, Wink, Nudge, Nudge, the Loving Life podcast. Just select it right there. Um, follow me on social media. It's at CharlieOnAir1. And uh, that's on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and just as important, please rate the podcast. Give a review. It's important to me. helps me do a little bit better job. Thanks for your ears. I appreciate it so much. Until next week, this has been the Loving Life Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.